Welcome to the Best of the God Reports podcast. I am your host, Rebecca, and I'm here today with my husband, Sam. Today, we are going to be listening to an interview by God Reports journalist, Mark Ellis, with Rabbi Jason Sobel. He is currently founder and president of Fusion with Rabbi Jason, a resource offering insightful teachings, reconnecting modern faith with its rich roots. Rabbi Jason has a radical testimony of his supernatural encounter with Yeshua. This moment awakened him to his calling and destiny. Currently, Rabbi Jason is the spiritual advisor to the Chosen TV series and host of The Chosen Unveiled on TBN. Also, he just wrote a book, a best-selling book entitled Mysteries of the Messiah, Unveiling Divine Connections from Genesis to Today. Enjoy this live interview by journalist Mark Ellis with Rabbi Jason Sobel from 2022. I'd love to start out just by getting yeah, your course. testimony. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I grew up in the Holy Land, New Jersey. Mm. Where there were more Jews than in Jerusalem. <laughs> I grew up in a traditional Jewish family, went mm. to Hebrew school as a child, was bar mitzvahed. Mm. Uh, in my late teens, I became a hip-hop DJ ah. and was working in the music industry for a large recording studio in New York mm. City. Mm. And a number of famous people saw the lives of these famous individuals, and I said to myself, there has to be more to life than just this. Mm. They had fame, they had fortune, everything that I thought I wanted, but... I could tell that there was just something missing. Mm. And uh, so I began a spiritual journey, mm. started to study with my rabbi, uh, and also started to study Eastern philosophy and religion and yoga. And one day I was meditating. At and what age were you in this? Uh, I was like 17, eight, uh, 17 to, to 20. Okay. And I was uh, meditating one day, and my soul began to vibrate, and it left my body, and I wound up having this encounter with this king on a throne in heaven and i knew this i felt the power of god pulsate through my body i knew this king on the throne was jesus Whoa. i knew nothing about jesus i knew jews and catholics going growing up no one had ever really shared the gospel mm. with me before and uh, i thought jesus was a nice jewish boy he converted to roman catholicism because i didn't know any <laughs> jewish kids named jesus with mother's name mary so it was totally like so i i have this encounter i'm overwhelmed by it and I know Jesus is real. He, so is this like a, you said it was an out-of-body experience. I, 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 I can only tell you that I was, so I was meditating, my body began to vibrate. Yeah. I, my, I, could, I could feel my soul come out of my body. Huh. I could see my body sitting there and the next thing I know I was through the clouds and in heaven so, and saw him on this throne. So similar to what pe some people have described as a near-death experience. It's similar except, yeah, it's very sim similar to that, but I, was, I, it was, I wasn't sick, You're or, not anything, sick. sick <laughs> or anything. But yeah, and so, I mean, and, and that just, it just was the most incredible experience like this the love, the peace, the euphoria mm. that I felt. I came back in my body. I was still shaking under the power of the experience. Mm. Knew, knew Jesus was real, but I thought he was just, I had no context for him. So I thought he was some sort of avatar, some sort of God man. Mm. My best friend comes to faith, starts sharing with me. He says, Jason, can you tell the difference between the Old and the New Testament? You went to Hebrew school. I was like, sure. And he read to me a, a, a passage about 
about the crucifixion. Mm. And I said, the New Testament, he said, very good. He said, let me read you another passage. He was bruised for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, and by his stripes were healed. He said, older and new. I said, obviously, that's the New Testament. It's talking about Jesus. He said, no, that's Isaiah 53, the Jewish prophet, prophesying about the Messiah 700 years before he ever walked the face of the earth. And I began to be provoked to jealousy because here was my Jewish friend who knew more about the Messiah than I did. He invited me to this Messianic congregation. At the end of the evening, they dimmed the lights and prayed. I figured I needed all the help I can get, so I prayed. I said, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, raise your hand. I raised my hand. But if you raise your hand, you've just been born again. I said, I don't know what it means to be born again. I gave my mother enough trouble when I was born once. God only knows if I'm born again. I'm not getting born again. Jews don't get born again. And he said, I saw you raise your hand. You have to stand up. And it was Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. And uh, he gave me the first New Testament I'd ever seen, took it home, read it, was blown away how Jewish it was, the messianic prophecies that were in it. And what Jesus said to me in that encounter in heaven was actually a verse from the New Testament, which I'd never even held one in my hand, let alone read. And I uh, became convinced that he was the one Moses and the prophets spoke of, gave my life to him, and was instantaneously transformed. Mm. Wonderful story. I, I, I want to say I have at least a dozen, maybe 20 messianic stories, yeah. you know, Jews who have come to faith, and they're all just beautiful stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I think God has to, it's, it's so hard, it, it, it can be so difficult from the social pressure and the response of family, mm-hmm. that oftentimes God has to do something supernatural. Yeah, when, when you read that passage about Paul saying, Jews seek a sign saying that um, uh, he was, I know a man transported yeah. to the third heaven, and whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Do you, does that kind of relate, yeah, you relate yeah, to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's something similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very interesting. Funny thing is my middle name is Paul, though I claim they'd be <laughs> nowhere on his level. <laughs> so what was the reaction, the response from family uh, and upset. friends? My mom was like, what is this that you've done? I can't believe you believe in Jesus, I, you know, you joined a cult, go meet with the rabbi, mm. so I had to get my Hebrew, I had to get my Hebrew Bible out, my Hebrew scriptures, and underline all the Messianic prophecies mm. to begin to share, and that, it's kind of the genesis of the book, Mysteries okay. of the Messiah, which is kind of that sort of um, journey of how, how, how everything in the the books of five books of Moses and a lot of the Hebrew scriptures point to Jesus mm. as the Messiah. It's kind of written as that road to Emmaus experience. Mm. Uh, Fantastic. Where you know, Jesus, you know, showed how everything in the law, the writings, and the prophets pointed to him, and they said that our hearts not burn mm. within us. So this was, is this written to the Jewish people? I mean, it, it's written for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's written for Christians who want to learn about the Jewish roots of their faith and how it all fits together, but it's also for Jewish people who are exploring. Uh, one of the opening chapters is the job description of the Messiah. How would you understand if someone claimed to be the Messiah? How would you know? Right. What, what would he have to fulfill? What are the yeah? You know, and so and then we build from there. So, um, would you compare this in the in the genre of books like? Case for Christ, uh, the kind of apologetics kind of books. No, I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say it's an apologetics sort of book, like overtly. 
Okay. What I'd say is that, you know, kind of what kind of what we do in general with with our ministry is, you know, I, I went out right before the Super Bowl one year and I bought a high definition television. Everyone was like, it's going to change the way you see the game. Mm-hmm. Watching the Super Bowl, and I'm like, this isn't so great. And then I have a realization at the end of the game as I'm flipping through the channels. And that is the higher channels or the high definition channels. I watched the whole game in standard definition because I didn't know the difference. <laughs> they used to separate right. that right. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, "Oh, it really does make a difference, right?" <laughs> and I and I and I feel like many people are reading the Bible in standard definition hmm. because if you don't know the details of how the old and the new connect, hmm. you're not going to fully see it. Like, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Right? I mean, is it just a Roman means of execution? Mm-hmm. No. Had it sent into the world? Mm. Man stole from the tree. So God put back on the tree the second Adam mm. to make an atonement and repair for you and me. Why are his hands pierced? Because our hands stole from the tree. Mm. Why is his side pierced? Because Eve, mm. the one who led into temptation, was taken from the side. He's making atonement for Adam and Eve. His feet are pierced. Why? What's the first messianic prophecy? The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. He's fulfilling Mm. the prophecy. Why does he have a crowd of thorns on his head? Because what's the curse of creation? That the ground would produce thorns and thistles. He's taking the curse of creation on his head to reverse the curse and to restore the blessing. Mm. And so we talk about that in, in creation account. Like how does creation, how do the details of creation point to the Messiah? Um, how does it all connect? Why is the first miracle Jesus does the turning the water into wine? Obviously, there has to be a reason. Well, what's the first miracle Moses did? He turned the water into blood, but Jesus doesn't come to bring death. He comes to bring life. What's the sign of the life of the Messianic kingdom? It's the new wine. And so there's just layers and layers of layers that when you connect this, you see the depth and the beauty of the redemption of the salvation, but also of how the story comes together in in greater detail. Those are rich insights. I love that sort of thing from the Old, Old Testament. I'm going through, uh, I'm leading a, a group of guys through the Old Testament right now. What is your favorite commentary for the Old Testament? Oh, that's that's a great, I mean, one one person who I, I studied with who I really was an impact in my life is John Selhammer. Okay. He wrote Expositor's Bible Commentary on Genesis. Okay. He also has the NIV Compact Bible Commentary. Okay. On the scriptures. Is he related to Paul Selhammer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have you read uh, John Corson's commentary on the Old Testament? I haven't. Okay. I'm, I'm, that's my go-to commentary at the moment. It's, it's really... He was probably the best... Bible teacher that the Calvary Chapel movement produced. It's great. And it's he's got four volumes on the whole well no, I guess it's two on the Old Testament, one on the New Testament. It's great. But uh, wonderful insights. So tell me about your journey um, from the time you accepted Christ into did you get into ministry or Yeah, yeah. So I so I so I came to know the Lord and my parents were upset when they saw my Faith made me more Jewish, not less Jewish, because I realized that Jesus was a rabbi and a Jew and did these things, and mm-hmm. they took on greater depth of spiritual significance, Last Supper, Passover Seder, all these things. Uh, yeah, so wound up going into a Messianic Jewish Studies program, wound up going into a Master's program uh, in Hebrew Bible, 
and then studying uh, Orthodox Shiva in Israel. Really? And then planted a Messianic time. They let you in in an Orthodox Shiva? Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah for a season. <laughs> and, you know, you know um, yeah, then planted, planted several Messianic congregations hmm. and, uh, and eventually started our ministry, Fusion, uh, uniting old and new, Gentile and Jew. And, you know, kind of one of the things that, you know, was a breakout thing for us. We were asked to write a book with Kathy Lee Gifford called The Rock, the Road, and the Rabbi, hmm. which became a New York Times bestseller. Hmm. And uh, it's had a huge, huge impact. Uh, you know, over 700,000 or 800,000 copies sold. And then um, I was asked to come as a consultant. I, I was, from the beginning, a spiritual advisor on The Chosen TV series. Okay. So I've been part of that since the beginning and do different things with them. And we have a TV series, several TV series on TBN and different things along those okay. lines. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. God's really used you. To yeah. Take people to Israel. We love taking people oh, you do? to Israel. Yeah. It's one of our, it's, now was, that it's open again. I was just talking to the people in the exhibit hall about that. My wife and I have had that on our bucket list. Well, we come got with us. Delayed by COVID. No, no. Come with us. Okay. Because I'll tell you, I mean. One of the things that makes me sad is that not all Israel tours, look, going to Israel is always amazing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, but not all Israel tours are created equal mm -hmm. because unfortunately what you wind up is with is 95% of tour guides are not believers. Mm -hmm. so trained by the government. Trained by the government. So yeah. you're going to get factual history, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get the spiritual depth or Life. encounter yeah. that comes with it. Okay. Right. And so you want to make sure you go with a, a someone who's a believer that's going to really, you know, mm -hmm. help you see the connections and have that spiritual experience, have that spiritual experience. Like for us, we want people to experience, again, the, the Bible in high definition, but we also want them to experience Jesus in Jewish culture. Mm -hmm. Like the Sabbath and how do you bring that into your family and mm. yeah, it's very, very powerful. How yeah. often do you go? Well, we go three to, f I mean, we go, we take tours usually two to three times a year. Okay. And then we go there and film and do other things, but yeah. Do you know when the next one? Yeah, the scheduled? next one is in October. October. Okay. October and then there'll be one in the, usually for sure every fall and spring. Okay. We go. Okay. Sometimes summer. Okay. And it all depends if Israel, as long as Israel's open, right? So. My, my wife's in an art exhibit in France in the first part of July, so we weren't sure if we could. A lot of yeah. people don't like to go to the Holy Land in the summer, so. Yeah, it's a, the plus and minus of that, and I've taken groups in the summer, is that it can be really hot. Mm -hmm. That's why people don't like to go. I right. Was, I was filming, <laughs> I was filming in the... Dead Sea region, and it was 130 degrees. Oh my! <laughs> the cameras almost <laughs> melted. <laughs> it was like run out there and film for four minutes, get in the air-conditioned car. <laughs> so it's like it, our Death Valley here. Oh man, it can yeah. it can be hot. Yeah, but there's also less people, so it's just a trade-off, right. right? Okay. So like the winter, or the summer, there's less people, but the weather. But the next one would be October. The next one would be October. Okay. Yeah. And so, are you leading a congregation now? Or? I'm not. I, okay. I, I've led several, but now speaking, teaching, okay. writing, okay. Um, Israel tours, media. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, we go. Yeah. That's great. Well, it's so nice to yeah, meet you. Yeah, meet you, Mark. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Best of the God Reports podcast. If you don't mind, leave a comment and tell us what you think. Or head over to godreports.com to read more inspiring testimonies.